morning, family. Great to see everyone this morning. Thank you for being here and being a part of our assembly today, especially if you're our guest. Thank you for being here today. Once you know that you're welcome, and we're glad that you're a part of our uh, gathering today. And anytime you have a chance, make sure you come back and, and visit with us and stay with us a while. And uh, if you're uh, a guest from town and you stop by today, thanks for being here. We're glad that you're here. Once you know that you're welcome, and come back anytime you have a chance. This morning, I'm going to start by talking about what we're going to do next week. I know that's kind of strange, but next week is one of our big days that we have during our year. It's a time that we call Friends and Family Day, but it's one of those times that we get to invite uh, the people that are our family, uh, physical family that we have out there, and also friends, people that you work with, people that you spend time with, people that are your friends, and we use this as an opportunity to say, hey, this is important to me, and, and I was wondering if you might come and, and be a part of it with me, and I know lots of you have invited a lot of people to come and be a part of that next week. So keep that in mind, and I hope that you've been praying uh, about that every day at 1 o'clock, at least for a minute, uh, that you be praying about that person that you, uh, or people, could be more than one, uh, that you are going to try to get to be a part of our assemblies uh, on that day, Friends and Family Day. It's also Easter, and so uh, that, that's good in a way, because a lot of people, you know, they're, they're going to think about coming to an assembly anyway, but it also, I know, is a lot of, a lot of you have uh, close friends and maybe some family members that go other places, and, and with it being Easter, I know that some of them I've invited said, well, I'd, I'd like to come, but, you know, we have a special thing that we do on Easter or whatever, so I guess that happens, but I think also that it, I think it'll work out even better. In other words, I think it'll be a great day for us, so keep that in mind. Also, we're going to eat together that day, so, uh, you know, we'll bring some food and we'll, we'll get together and eat after our assembly that morning, so keep it in mind for next week. Looking forward to it. I know we'll have a wonderful day, uh, Friends and Family Day coming up uh, one week from this morning. Now, this morning, I would like to talk about exceeds all expectations. Oh, don't you wish you'd have got that on your report card, right? He just exceeds all expectations. Oh, I've never had anybody that's dealt with me that it said when they get done dealing with me that in their mind they thought, you know, he just exceeded all my expectations. No one's ever done that. <laughs> now, I've had it the other way a few times. Boy, I thought he'd be a lot, you know. Anyway, but the point is we like things that exceed our expectations. Sometimes I buy things that I, you know, something that I like or whatever, and I, and I buy it out of China because it's a lot cheaper to buy it out off the Internet. So I get on the Internet, and I find it there, and oh, look, it's a regular $25, and I can get it from China for $250. And sometimes I get, and it finally comes. It takes like 90 days, right? But it finally comes in the mail, and it's the cheap little plastic thing. I should have just spent the $25 and been done with it, right? Well, the other day I decided, you know, I wanted to buy some little, as a matter of fact, here they are. It's a little pair of glasses that come in a little case here, right? And it's just a little bitty thing, and you, and you, you fold them out. You guys have seen these before, I imagine. You fold them out, right? Little pair of glasses, right? Oh, Look at that. I can't see you now, but a little pair of glasses. And I wanted to get some of these glasses, right? So I looked them up. And these were like $2 from China, right? When I got them, I looked at the, and I said, exceeds all expectations. Better than I thought. I never dreamed they'd be as good as they are. I mean, they're exactly what I wanted. That happens never for me, right? But it did one time, so... Anyway, you guys can talk to me later, and I'll give you the link, and you can get your own. But my point is this. Don't you love it when something really works? 
I mean, it's advertised to work and you get it, and it does. You're thrilled. And matter of fact, don't you like it when it's even better than you thought it would be? Wow, I never dreamed it could be this good, right? That's what I'd like to talk about this morning. Because, and this morning I want to tell you that my lesson is going to be a little different because it's all about praising God this morning, right? Because I serve a God that exceeds all expectations. I mean, what he does is beyond what I could even imagine to do. I'm reminded of the, of, of the, the, the power that, and of course, there's just no way for us to, I don't know if we could ever put it into words. Explain to me God's power. Describe to me how powerful God is. Good luck with that. I don't think we could ever do that. I, I, I just When you think about the power of God, it would exceed all expectations. But I want to focus on on God's power in my life. What about there? Does it work there also? I'm reminded of this verse, and it was one that we read a few minutes ago. Ephesians chapter 3. Matter of fact, this week, as you go through your week, how about, maybe you do this every morning anyway, you read your Bible. You pull out your Bible and you read a certain verse or maybe a section of verses there. How about this morning, when you, this morning, this week, when you get up in the morning, that you will turn over to Ephesians chapter 3 and read verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do, and this version said, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we could ask or imagine according to his power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church and his people and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now there's a powerful one for you. Reminds me that my God in my life exceeds all my expectations. I thought this morning as I was getting ready, uh, not this morning, but as I was getting this lesson together, some of you thought, well, you probably just got it together this morning. No, just a few days ago. Anyway, I thought about the idea that sometimes in people's lives, they feel like God is not meeting their expectations of Him. The reason I think that happens is because they are expecting God to do something that He never said He would do. You see, sometimes when someone becomes a Christian, they feel like that they will have no more issues, no more problems, no more troubles in life. Our God never promised that. He never said, listen, give me your life, and I will promise you that you'll never have any relationship issues. You'll never have to struggle with any addictions. You'll never have to deal with death or dying family members. He never said any of those things. As a matter of fact, he does promise for his children that if you give him your life, you will probably have persecution. People are not going to like what you say. That's, that's what he promises. So what I'd like to, just to express the, this morning is that God never promised things that sometimes people say, well, why isn't he doing for me? Why isn't he taking care of this issue in my life? He never said he was going to do that. But the things he does say he's going to do, not only does he do them, but he does them to exceed all expectations. I think about just the comfort I have in this life. Oh, yeah, I got struggles, problems, troubles, you know, family. Well, I mean, everybody's got things that go on, money, whatever, stuff that happens in their life. But I know something about you Christian people. doesn't get you down. doesn't control your life. It doesn't make you depressed. If the stock market crashed today, nobody in this building would jump out the window. It's just not that big a deal to us, right? 
oh, the way we can look at life changes when you're God's child. Because you know everything is temporary and what God has provided for us, what he has given, not just, the, not just heaven, but now, forgiveness of sins that he offers us is a peace that passes all understanding. I'm thinking about what God has done for me and it is immeasurably more than I could ever imagine. That's what God has done for me. When I think about God's power, I think about with God, you always get more than you expect. That goes both ways, by the way. Because when God says, I want you to give me your life, all right, love me. Well, how? Tell me, describe to me how I'm supposed to love God. Anybody want to do that? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, exceedingly, abundantly more, all right? That's what God requests of us. But when we look at the way God looks at us, same thing, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond. And I find that interesting, that phrase that's used there. Some versions translate it immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Uh, and, but, but the idea would be, and, and, and it's interesting that sometimes in uh, the Greek there are words that are used that really the English doesn't really have a, a word that kind of translate exactly. And that's why sometimes you might get a little different translation in, in, in different versions, that sort of thing. But in this particular case, they're trying to put into words something that goes beyond. All right? Immeasurably. You can't, I mean, there's just no, no way to measure. Exceedingly, abundantly, etc., etc. That would be the kind of thing, on and on and more and more, and then you can't put a limit on it, that sort of thing. That's the way that God's power is described in us. What a mighty God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. Who not only, think about it, not only does he care about what's going on in your life today, but for everybody in this world, he knows what they're doing today. He knows what everybody has done. Everybody who has ever lived forever, that direction until when he, began, when he began it all. But he also knows everyone who's going to live, however long that might be. Knows all of the life and cares about what's going on. He created it all, this massive universe that we live in. The power of God cannot be measured. It is too far beyond anything you can, you can imagine. It goes beyond that. And he'll do the same thing. He'll use that same power in our lives. It might not be like you want it, right? That's where people say, well, I just, I don't know. Why did he take, that, that's what happens, is if we don't focus on the things he said he was going to do. God's power working in us causes Paul to say things like this. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. I don't know what's going on in your life today, but I do know this. Whatever it is, lean on God, trust in Him, put your faith in Him. Pray to Him, talk to Him, let Him in, such, in your life in such a way that He will work and do things that will change who you are. There is nothing you can't get through with God. Do you guys agree with that? You Christians have been a Christian for a long time. You agree with that? Right? There's nothing you can't get through if God's there. I can do all things. And matter of fact, that's what Paul's talking about, is issues, troubles, problems. I can make it. I can get through it. I know I can do it because God is the one that gives me strength. His power is immeasurable. 
How about this? Somebody described to me God's love exceeds all expectations. How do you describe, matter of fact, isn't it interesting that when you think about love, at least John would say that God is love. So it's kind of hard to say, well, tell me about God's love when really God and love are the same thing. Because God is, he, he so personifies it that God is love. All about God is love. And so I'm going to be careful because I don't, I don't, there's no way I can put it into words. I thought about a few things because when I think about this love, it's really beyond what I can describe. What I know about love is something that my parents showed me as I was growing up. I saw that. I saw them interact with each other. So I learned about love in that way. I learned about love through watching people uh, with one another, uh, good friends and the way that they handle things together. I, this, this, these are the things, the ways that I learned about love. I learned about love through watching things on television. That kind of messed my view up. But I, what my point is, as you went through life, your experiences have taught you what love is. And so when you say things like God is love or God so loved the world that he gave his only son, you see that we got to be careful or our view of that love might be skewed because of our experiences. Um, a family member, maybe even a parent that would say I love you to their children and yet would abuse them and hurt them and, and put them through terrible things. Okay, so you see how it is possible that a person, through their experiences, could be raised to a point that when you say, I love you, they don't want to hear that. They're, wait a minute, that means, oh, I don't like that. Okay, when I say those things, it causes, I think, at least in me, it causes me to be careful about how I use this phrase, well, God loves you. I've got to be careful because some people hear that and they think, uh-oh, that's bad. Everybody that's ever said they love me has really been rough on me, okay? When I talk about God's love, can you imagine the most, well, I've got words that I put up there, powerful, pure, patient, perfect. I know that I'm falling short with anything that I might use to describe it, but if you could imagine the most powerful force, the purest feelings for people, for a person, if you, if you can imagine the ultimate impatience, I mean, we're talking about perfect love, okay? And the reason I point that out is because that's what God has. That describes this love that is exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we, we can ever imagine. That's the kind of love that our God has for us. Praise our God. Because he loves us like that. And even if I don't understand love because of my upbringing, because of what I've been through, I can certainly look at God and say there's something different about this kind of love. This is a love that is sacrificial. This is a love that would give anything for me. It's a love that is also uh, uh, requires me to say, wait a minute, there's more than just saying I love you. This is I can't just say, well, God, I love you. No, I realize that there's more to it than that. Um, when I say, God, I love you, that means that I give you everything. You're, you control my life. I gladly 
am crucified with you, and now I just live for you. Oh, boy. But that's the kind of love God has for us, and that's the kind of love he expects. So I say these things just to say God's love is exceedingly, abundantly beyond. Think about this verse. This is in Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read a few verses there. And again, this might be one that you want to put uh, on your list for reading in the mornings, but you've probably read it many times. It says something like this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, trouble, that do it, or hardship, or maybe persecution, or I'm starving to death, or I have no clothes, people are trying to kill me. What, you think they could separate me from the love of Christ? Matter of fact, he, Paul is expressing here, uh, matter, this is a, he's referring actually to a, a quote, when he says, we, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered to be sheep, to be slaughtered. That's the way we look at our lives. No, no, no. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he says, and I'm convinced that there is nothing, there is not death or anything I do in life or angels or demons or anything that's present, or anything that's in the future, or anything else in all of creation, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't it interesting? As he goes through that list there, there is one thing, one thing that I notice that he doesn't say. In other words, what I'm beginning to see is there's only one thing that can separate me from the love of Christ. Me. I'm the only thing that can separate me from the love of Christ. And the weird thing is, he'll still love me. So, I mean, I'm not even separating that. For all I'm separating is me from him. Because he'll never, he's not the one that's leaving. I'm the one that's leaving. His love will still remain the same. The love of God is beyond description. Exceeds, we could check the mark, we could check the box, right? Exceeds expectations when you talk about the love of God. When I talk about this love that's beyond comprehension, I thought about this verse, all right? Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. The motivation of God's love says to us, sinners, people that would, if it weren't for Christ, would be nothing and have nothing and no hope. And yet he looks at those people and says, I love them so much, I'll die for them. I'll do anything so that they can be with me. God's love is more than just saying it, it's action. This is how God showed his love among us. How'd you do that, God? Well, he sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, in other words, we're going to fall short in that, but I'm going to tell you what love really is. It's that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Today you might wonder, I don't think anybody loves me in life. I'm just, I, don't, I don't know that anybody loves me. I can guarantee you there is one who loves you. Your God loves you to the point he would die for you. That's the kind of love that we have from our Father. God's love exceeds all expectations. One more thought I have, all right? This is in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And... You know, it's one of those that you can't just read by yourself, so you got to just read it with me, right? Here we go. 
How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Wow. That's our God that loves us to that point. One last point I'd like to make is that there's one other thing that we could check the box and say, that exceeds all expectations. God's forgiveness. You see, I'm used to people's forgiveness, which basically means, okay, I'm not going to try to seek revenge against you, you know, or I'm not going to just hold that in my heart and then be mad at you every time I see you. That's the kind of idea when we, when we talk about human forgiveness. And yet with God, His forgiveness is, goes beyond what, well, honestly, it goes beyond what I can comprehend. How could He just forget everything and wipe my slate clean? Nothing there. That's the kind of forgiveness that God offers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says this. God has freed us from the power of darkness, and He brought us into the kingdom of His dear Son. The Son paid for our sins, and in Him we have forgiveness. The forgiveness God offers is a forgiveness through His Son, and it is complete. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 8. In Christ we are set free by the blood of His death, and so we have forgiveness of sins. Oh, how rich is God's grace which He has given to us so fully and freely. Again, these verses are just verses that you just want to set back and say, God, I just thank you so much for what you have done. We just praise you, and we know that your forgiveness is through the blood of Christ. You gave Him for us. If you wonder about your forgiveness today, then you wonder about the blood of Christ. Can it really do it? Can it really cleanse me? Can it really forgive me? According to our God, it is the only thing that can and does forgive you. That's the forgiveness that God offers. Another thing about that, though, when I talk about God's forgiveness, is that our God is the God of second chances. Now, I know with people it's hard to get a second chance, but occasionally someone will give you a second chance. Try it a third time or a fourth time, and they begin to say, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to deal with you anymore, okay? You try five, six, seven, seven. Sound familiar? How about seven times, right? Isn't that what Peter asked? Should I forgive them seven times? That seems like a whole bunch to me. I have a hard time forgiving somebody once. Try it twice. Uh, three times, you're out. Peter says, do I do it seven times, which is a pretty extreme thing. No, that's seven times. How about oh, 70 times, seven times? There's no limit to this. But what I want to express is that God's forgiveness is a forgiveness that says, listen, my blood cleanses you. You mess up. You pray to me. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why Christ died for you. I want to go ahead and talk just a second about uh, the verse that Dennis read uh, this morning, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 through 2. My dear children, I'm writing this letter to you so that you will not sin. Now, there's the goal, okay? We're God's children. We have given our lives to Him, and our goal is not to sin. We want to stay away from that. Amen? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we want to do. And a matter of fact, that's why he's writing this. Stay away from sin. If you look at the context, what you'll find is about people that say they don't sin, they're liars. That's what he says. He says, if they say they haven't sinned, they're, they're, they're lying to you, right? But he says, we walk in this light. We try to stay in God's grace. We try to be what God wants us to be. So he's writing it to us, so we deal with sin. We keep that sin out of our life. Then he says this, but if anybody does sin, if that happens, 
we have a helper in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does what is right. He died in our place to take away our sins. Not our sins only, but all people. He died so that you could have the forgiveness of sins. So therefore, I want to encourage you. Try to live as God wants us to live. You let your heart be His. Direct your life in His paths. Don't fall into simple things. But if you do, pray to the one who can forgive you. Talk to Him. Confess that to your God. Talk to your Father. He says that the blood of Christ will cleanse you. So, I'm just saying, God is the God of second chances. And third. And fourth chances. And, okay, this is getting redundant, but you see my point. Seventy times seven. That's why Christ died. His forgiveness is not limited like ours. His forgiveness exceeds all expectations. God's forgiveness also is the one who forgives completely. I want to close with this verse. I like it. Psalm chapter 103, verse 10 through 12 says this. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Oh, aren't we thankful? Anybody agree with that? So glad he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Or he repay us according to our iniquities. He doesn't do that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. When God forgives, they're gone. Those sins are gone. They're not remembered. They're not held against. Forgiveness is complete with our God. Exceeds all expectations. Goes beyond what I can even comprehend. There are so many things about God that we could have lessons on, and we could talk about that exceeds all expectations. I just don't, I don't, I can't put that into words. There's no way I can comprehend that. I'm too limited by being a human being, but... Wow, what I know about my God tells me that this is something that I need to be praising every day. That I need to give my life to because He has done everything for me. What a mighty God we serve. Amen? What a mighty God we serve. Exceeds all expectations. Let's close up our time together. If you look inside your life and you think, man, I'm just keeping it all to myself. I'm keeping sin in my life. I'm living like I shouldn't. i got things that I know I should get rid of. For whatever reason, maybe you've held on to those things. Decide today, no more. Lived in sin too long, time to give my life to Christ. Now, if you've never been buried into Christ through baptism, and you like this morning to say, listen, I believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and I'm ready to give Him my life, and you want to be baptized today, please feel free, and we're going to be standing and singing here in a minute. You just come before this group, and we'll take care of that. As uh, uh, last couple of weeks, we've had precious uh, uh, brothers and sisters that give their life to Christ and uh, being buried in Christ through baptism. Uh, so I invite you, you to do that this morning. And, and maybe there are those who, uh, you've been baptized into Christ, you confessed Him as your Lord, you've put Him first in your life, but now you're finding that things have, have moved in the wrong direction. And you've got things that are above Christ in your life. Some sinful things that you're keeping there. You know you shouldn't, but you're letting them stay in your life. This morning I encourage you, wait a minute. This is a mighty God we serve. His love, His power, His forgiveness goes, on any of our, goes beyond any of our expectations. His judgment does also.
His judgment does also. Because he loves you so much, his judgment does also. What I encourage you to do is make sure your life is committed to your Lord. Now, while we're standing, we're singing. If you want to come before this group and say, listen, I've messed up and I've got some things in my life that I want my brothers and sisters to help me through, we'll do that. Never looking down on anybody. We'll do it together. We'll fight together. We'll cry together. Whatever it takes, we'll try to get each other and help each other through whatever you're going through. Or maybe there's just some things that you have in your life that you know shouldn't be there. And while we're standing and singing, you don't even have to bother singing if you don't want to. You just stand there and you pray to your Father. And you ask Him to forgive you and you say, God, I want to be yours. I just want to belong to you. Whatever you need, is however, whatever words you need to say, okay? Uh, but let's make sure that we're everything our God wants us to be. Try your best, right? Let's try, try today, heart, soul, mind, and strength given to our Lord. If you look inside.